welcome. We believe the message you're about to listen to will greatly impact your life richly. Remain blessed as you listen. yourself pray that prayer for yourself is at this point that you will remember the person you need to send a lot to the person you need to send a message to the person you need to call the person that needs to call you this is not the time to be distracted pray lord god i quiet my heart that i may hear you i quiet my emotions that i may hear you this is not a time for me to be distracted by anything within and without that you may speak to me Put my crown down that I may listen to you, King of Glory. Oh, glorious God, we praise your name and we lay our crowns. Our Father, we come to you today to acknowledge that. You are supreme. And that what you say is final. We may be kings and priests, but you are the king of kings. 
So before you, our crowns belong only one place on the ground. So we put it down that we may hear you speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I hand myself over to you. Lord God, as you have said, that will I speak. In the name of Jesus Christ, blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Before we sit, I would like for you to do something for us. Please, everybody turn to this direction and celebrate our mother in the Lord. Are you happy to see our mother back in the house? Thank you so much, ma'am. We appreciate you. Thank you for this privilege and honor that you have given us with the younger ones to come here and be a blessing. We pray that the Lord will continue to prosper you in the name of Jesus. Please celebrate all the pastors in the house. Celebrate all the ministers. Celebrate all our deacons, deaconesses. And now celebrate yourself. It's not easy to be you. There can only be one you of you. You are special. You are unique. Hallelujah. Take your seat in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I always consider it a huge privilege to have an opportunity to share. It's not a right. It is a privilege. And even for us to hear, it's not a right. Jesus speaking to his apostles. He said, blessed are you because these things you hear. He said, those early prophets, they sought to hear it. They couldn't hear it. Please don't take for granted what happens here every Sunday as the Lord brings word from different vessels. It's a privilege to hear. And that's why you must treasure what you hear. You must write notes. You must pay attention. You must avoid distraction. I'm going to read the text for today before we go into what we have. Please give me Isaiah chapter number 6. I'm going to read verse 1 to 8. On the screen, please. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims, each one had six wings. With two covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Why sometimes we don't worship is because we don't see. Bible speaking, he said that there was a vision that Isaiah the prophet caught. Please stay on that screen. We're reading to it. He said, and I saw seraphim, angelic beings, six wings. Six wings, not two wings, six wings. With two, they covered their faces with two. They cover their feet with two. They fly. And he said, the first thing that will come out of their mouth is holy. 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 When we come to the place of worship, it's amazing. Many of us are very distracted. Because it's something else we are seeing. We are not seeing. If you see the one that is seated on the throne, you will not have many words. He said, they cry to one another, holy. 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 It's the Lord of hosts. The heart. Is full of your glory. Next verse, please. And the posts of the doors were shaken. <laughs> Worship can shake table and shake doors. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Not with smoke machine. That we have in our concerts now. Real smoke. 
Because where real worship happens, real smoke comes. So I said, Why is me? Excuse me. Who is talking? Who is Isaiah? Prophet? Who was preaching to him here? Who is condemning Isaiah? When we come face to face with his holiness, something will happen in our hearts. Suddenly you will see yourself for how you are. He's been talking from chapter 1. He got to verse 4 or verse 5 of chapter 6. And he said, Woe is me. I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Oh, when we worship and our worship translates to an encounter with God, all these things we are doing, we stop. The mindfulness of what you are wearing, it will stop. The mindfulness of who is standing by you, it will stop. All the searchlight will come on your own soul. And he began to confess. There was no altar call. Only him, he was shouting, Woe is me! And it's not only me, I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And he said of him, he said, don't worry. In this place, we know how to deal with people of your kind. You can't talk here. What we say here is holy. Holy, holy. You can't, you can't come here and be shouting, whoa, whoa. No, we don't do whoa in the phrases of the king of kings. So he came. He said he, he flew there. He picked one coal from the place of fire. And he touched my lips. And he touched my lips with it. What did he say? Give me a scripture. One of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the tongues from the altar and touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. If God will use any man, he will do this first. Oh, you think you are very holy. He will, he will make you know that even that holy that you are carrying is not better than a few dirag. Isaiah said that. He must consecrate. He must wash you with water first. And after that, he said, Then I also heard the voice of the Lord. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. It's as if God didn't even notice that he was there before. Because all the time where he was carrying that nonsense lips, God said, Who is there? You are shouting. Use me, use me. Say, where are you? I can't see you. Until something happened to him first. And God was asking, who shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah responded, here I am. Use me. Today, we are going to focus on the topic I have captioned from the bench. From the bench. Thank God it's youth weekend. Yesterday was International Youth Day. So we are still in the mood of celebrating all the youth. And today is our Thanksgiving for uh, Abuja, Fota, Abuja Youth, Avant-Garde Group, Club Daniel. And if you don't mind, I, I don't mind joining our teenagers. I always carry them along. So it's, it's our day. I will not be speaking only to the youth. I'll be speaking to everybody. So please, there's something for everybody. And since it's Jesse Sunday, permit me to assume that we know one or two things about football. Is, is that a good assumption? Good. 
And by the way, we're all looking very good in our dresses. Clap for yourself. Celebrate yourself. I know your neighbor is jealous, but celebrate yourself. Clap, 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 clap. So today I will be using a lot of football terminology, football ideology to explain this scripture. Yeah. So please pay attention to explain this scripture. The topic is from the bench. From the bench. Everybody knows that if you are going to a World Cup and you want to win, you can't go only with the best 11. True of us. Your bench must be equally rich. True of us. There is a club in London. I will not mention their name. They always start where? But around February, injury will rock the team. Because the bench is weak, then they go down. Even though the elephant climbs the tree, the elephant goes down. Why? The bench is weak. So if you are going to World Cup, they will give you allowance. You can bring as much as 23 players. Even though you only see 11 on the pitch part time. But there is a bench that is rich. In case somebody is injured, they will bring somebody. Please follow me. Different reasons why you bring somebody from the pitch. Sometimes you need to desperately score a goal. You go and look for somebody that can score a goal. And you see him, you start jogging at the sidelines. Jogging. Jogging, jogging, and you see somebody will carry one plate, one number in green, one number in red. Somebody is about to go out, somebody is about to come in. Because we need to score a goal. At other times, the coach looks to the bench and brings somebody because we need to defend a goal. True or false? At other times, the coach will bring somebody because we need to kill somebody on the field. Are you not watching football? Oh, there was one Nigerian match. We were doing very well. Until they brought somebody and he killed our strongest midfielder. And we considered two goals. Very quickly. And we were out. There are some people on the bench, their job is to break the leg. They come in, break the enemy's leg. That's why they are on the bench. The coach knows that if you put this one from the beginning of the match, he will get a red card and I will be shot one. So we keep him on the bench until you see that stubborn striker. Say, go in there, break his leg, collect red card, and go out. The guy too is out. You will win from the bench. At other times, the coach just does substitution to waste time. Match is about to end. I have the edge. So you will see the three substitutions he has not done before. He will do it in the last three minutes of the match. And as the one that is coming out is coming out, he will not run. If you do it like this. The intention of that substitution is to waste time. Don't think that you are the only one planning this. The opponent too has that tactics. To bring something or someone to waste time. At other times, it's because the way the match is going... You see that this will lead to a penalty shootout. Let me change my keeper because the other keeper on the bench, his own area of specialization is penalty shootout. True or false? So there are different reasons. There is substitution in a match. And by the way, the last time I checked, the church 
is a team. It's not a solo matter. It's a team. Ecclesia speaks about the called out ones, the church, an assembly. So we are first and foremost a body made up of different parts. Different players with different abilities. And the coach, the grand coach, the master planner plans who will be on the pitch part time. And he decides who will also be on the bench. So from time to time, in furtherance of his grand agenda for us, he rotates players. He brings some from the bench. He sends some to the bench. He benches some players. Do you know what that means? Okay, we'll come there. So as the match between light and darkness is intensifying, the coach is looking at the bench. Who will I send? Who shall go for us? This match is changing direction. I see the opponent bringing in the strongest and toughest people to come and defend the goal that we, we need to score. But who will I call? He's looking at the bench. Why? Because some on the pitch are already flagging the coach. They are doing like this. What's the sign? I need to go out. I need to substitute me. Something is happening. I can't be on this field anymore. Who shall I send? Who shall go for us? Today, I want to focus on four categories of people that are on the bench. That God is looking at when he wants to summon somebody from the bench. Four groups of people. Lord, help me with this time today. Category one, please write. Who are those on the bench that God is calling and asking, who shall go for us? Who shall I send? Number one, I call them tired legs. What did I call it? Tired legs. Legs that are tired. Teenagers, what did I call it? Fantastic. You are not tired. We will come to you. Who are the tired legs? There are people who have expended energy running the Lord's errand on the field. There are people who are fervent in the Lord's work, not slothful in business, serving the Lord, fervent in spirit. They have been doing plenty, plenty things for the Lord. They have been in ministry, they have been in business, they are in education, they are in politics, they are in whatever. Serving the Lord on different mountains of influence. That is their field. It's not only football field. Are you with me? Please, stay with me. Tired legs are those who by reason of work, not laziness, by reason of exhaustion, laboring for the Lord, doing the kingdom mandate everywhere that God has sent them, they are now spent. Or they are almost totally spent. Their time is running out. And I have an example here. Give me 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to read verse 14 to verse 18. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 14 to verse 18. Our example of a tired leg here is Elijah. Somebody say Elijah. Scriptures. And he said, I have been zealous for the Lord of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. 
torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. This man was fighting alone. Oh, it was a man like an army. If you like, call him one man army. Because on camel, this one man alone contested with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. And when the contest was over and he won, because he determined the rules of the game, and he won, they wanted to run. He said, catch them. Alone. The Bible said he executed them. Alone. This was the same man who spoke a word and rain did not fall. Three and a half years. If you think it's small spiritual labor, it takes to do that. Try it. It takes a lot for a man to command the elements. It takes a lot. This same man, after killing those prophets alone, imagine the, have you killed one cow before? One goat? Chicken? You know the stress you go through? He killed prophets of Baal. Hundreds of them. Alone. He was exhausted. And after that, as if it was not enough, he told Ahab, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He hasn't seen rain. There's no cloud. He just prophesied it. And then he went to put his head down and began to pray. He prayed, prayed, prayed. The Bible says seven times he kept praying and looking. He kept praying and watching until he saw a small hand. And he brought down rain from nowhere. Three and a half years. He was tired. Tired. And then, something now happened. Madam, now said, eh, you killed my prophets. I will make your head to be like one of them. Bible said, and when he saw what Jezebel said, he took off. Why will it take off? A man that defeated those people that called down fire, literal fire. Not like I, I release fire and somebody is falling. No. But literal fire, literal fire. Fire came down and did what fire can do. Clean the place that was soaked with water three times. And because of his statement, he took off. He was tired when that happened. So he could not bear it. He took off. He was scared. Give me the next verse. I'm running to 18. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And then, when you arrive, anoint Azael as king over Syria. Eh? And you shall also anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Meloah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. Go on to 18. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Azael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Give me 18. Yet, I have reserved on my bench 7,000 in Israel. All those whose knees have not bowed to the bow and every mouth that has not kissed him. God said, my bench is rich. I got 7,000 people on the bench. They may be afraid and weak, but they are still there. In fact, if you had read earlier, you would have seen that among these 7,000, most likely there were 100 prophets. Because Obadiah, when he met Elijah, he said, I 
I've been the servant of the Lord. I have kept 100 prophets. When Jezebel wanted to kill all the prophets of the Lord, I put them 50 by 50 in two caves. So we see our prophets. God said, out of my 7,000, let me summon three to enter the pitch. I'm going to call the first one. And this, this, this part beats me. I thought only the children of Israel were the army and in the team of God. God said, I even have a team in Syria. Oh Lord. Say, I have a team in Syria. You think this whole thing is about Israel? Gentiles were always part of God's plan from the beginning. He said, Go and anoint Azael, king in Syria. Anoint Jehu as king over Israel. And by the way, remove your captain band, give it to Elisha. Let him be the coordinator of the plan of God in this era. Your work is done. At that time, he had no option. He had to hand over. He had to hand over. When your legs are tired, what can you do to enter the pitch again? If you are in this category, you've been working hard for the Lord. You've been serving God since childhood. Now you are tired. They talk about church. Your commitment has gone down. You are tired. Not that you, you are backslidden. You are tired. You have been in service and doing this and doing that and doing that. Other people that should help you, they were hiding in caves. They have not kissed Baal, but they have not spoken for the Lord. Did you hear that? There are many believers, if they had put voices together, Elijah would not have been lonely. They left the man alone to do all the work alone. And he was worn out. This is for you. You want to get back on the beach, on the pitch, you want to be summoned from the bench? Number one, do what Elijah did on his way to proper Andover. Give me verse 3 and verse 4 of this same 1 Kings 19. Number one thing you need to do is that you must find time to retreat. What did I call it? Find time to do what? To retreat. This was the same scripture. And when he saw that which Jezebel said, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. This servant was, was not like Elijah. This was not Elisha. This was the, the unnamed servant that was serving Elijah. And I don't think he got anything. Elijah told him, stay in Beersheba. The guy said, he sat down. Copy Elijah. Elisha said, for where? Me? You are going to Gigal. He says, stay. I said, no way. I follow you. You go to Bethel, I follow you. You go to Jericho, I follow you. You cross Jordan, I follow you. He left his servant there. Bible said, and then, give me four now. And when, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a boom tree and he prayed. Forget about the prayer point for now. We'll come to the prayer point. He left his servant. He said, now I'm depleted. Let me go and pray. Of course, because he had been battered emotionally, he got there and instead of praying, he was lamenting, like many of us do. He kept repeating what he said before. He kept repeating before the Lord. Bible says, the next thing he did, after he went for a retreat, is that an angel of the Lord came and fed him twice. Number two thing you must do when you are tired, you must seek food and water. Don't choke. The angel brought both cake and water. Cake and water. 
I don't have time to go into the cake and water today. I'm looking at my time. This is still number one out of four. You must, one by one, find time to retreat. Number two, you must eat food and take water. What does that mean? So because you have been working hard, you have been feeding others, you are hungry. You need to be fed. Go down and sit under somebody. Hear the word. There is no big manism in Christianity. I know you will say like little born babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Even when you become adult, you must eat. There is a size of food for you. There is a type of food for you. There is meat. There is strong meat for you. You must find time to eat it. If you don't eat, you will die too. Find time to do what? To retreat. Give me Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 28 to verse 31. Say, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Somebody say, power to the weak. And those who have no might increase his strength. Even the youth shall faint and the and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But what? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He said the secret to recovery is waiting. Don't call it, I'm wasting time. You are waiting to be strengthened. Don't be too used to the altar, to ministry, to ministration. That when you are tired, you don't sit back and retreat. Run away. Elijah ran away. Left his servant. Run away. Said this business is short between me and my maker. Oh, Jesus knew this very well. He edited this approach to ministry. Give me Matthew chapter 14 verse 21 to 23. Matthew chapter 14. If you read through the gospels, you will see that many times that Jesus does something big, a huge crusade. The Bible says after that, he will run away. To a solitary what? And there, pray. This was after he had fed 5,000 men. He said they didn't count the women. They didn't count the children. I don't want to do the maths. But you know for every woman, every man you see in a place, imagine the number of women. Imagine the number of children. Big miracle. Big miracle. If this miracle had happened today, it would make headlines. Read the next verse. Go on. Run, run. Immediately Jesus made his disciples Yes Go to, yes Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat And go before him to the other side While he sent the multitudes away He sent the inner carcass away And he sent the congregation away What did he do next? And when he had sent the multitudes away He went up on the mountain By himself To pray Now when evening came he was still alone there. This is the secret. So when he comes back the following morning, anointing is flowing. It's not, it's not magic. I know we like to say, no be juju be that. It's not juju. He has found the secret. After you exert a lot of energy, when virtue leaves you, go and refill virtue. Because what you receive is in measure. Even the one who carry without measure is doing this. Your measure can reduce. Have you not read Ezekiel 47? 
Why after filling them in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, they filled them again? Why? It can reduce by use. Not devil. By use, it can reduce. Let me go to the second category. Lord, help me. First category, we dealt with are tired legs. The second category of players that are on the bench are injured players. Somebody say injured players. These are those that have been attacked by the enemy. Whether it's by the enemy's defender or somebody else, they've been attacked. Or people who were careless. You know, some players are careless players. The way they approach the ball, they make themselves susceptible to injury. There are some players, I don't want to mention names. They are always getting injured. In a season, you will play four or five matches. After that, is wrecked for the entire season. I don't know why they are paying that big money. Some players have not learned the discipline of protecting yourself. Or some, it's just accidents. The opponent did not mean a malice when they attacked you. But you contested for the area ball and they knocked your head with elbow and you came down. It was an accident. So these are injured players on the bench. Our example of injured player is Samson. Somebody say Samson. Judges chapter 16 verse 19 to 21. Judges chapter 16 verse 19 to 21. 16. Judges 16. Thank you. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. I know you like quoting that scripture. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. His strength left him. I will be careless. God will still use me. His strength left him. When his strength left him, they messed him up. Give me that scripture. Let's, let's run. And she said, the Philistines are upon you. Samson, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before, as at other times, and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. There was no alarm when the Lord was living. There was no siren when the Lord was living. When the Lord comes, there is a sound. There is a procession when the Lord is coming. But when the Lord is living, there is no sound. So this is a very dangerous thing. I'm still carrying it. I'm still doing it. It's a lie. One day you will jam the rock. Bible says, and then he didn't know. Give me next verse. And they messed him up. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. Oh. And brought him down to Gaza. Kai, why Gaza? You see, this is a problem. You have been doing small, small things. They didn't catch you. You think God doesn't mind? No. He was waiting that you will repent. Hopefully, you will change your mind and you will stop this indiscipline. 
But you kept on doing it. You kept on doing it. In chapter 14, Bible says, Samson began to play offside. He went to Timna and went to look for a Philistine damsel. And his father asked him, can't you see beautiful girls in church? Why do you go to the club? He said, for the woman pleases me very well. Offside. That's not the side you should be. Offside. But he was not only playing offside, he committed a foul. Chapter 16, verse 1. Give me chapter 16, verse 1. Judges chapter 16, verse 1. Maleo tokale adrane. Please raise it. Raise the volume. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there. And then went into what did not mean he opened the door. He had sex with her. That's what it means. So I'm not surprised it was to Gaza they took him when they removed his eyes. That your eyes that doesn't know what not to look at. When we remove it, we will take you there and humiliate you. At the place where you fell. I still covered you where you fell. Ah, am I speaking to somebody? I still covered you where you fell. You went to sleep with Allah in Gaza. And you still rose up in the night. I gave you strength. You carried the gates. You carried the bars. You took it upon a mountain. Like I was still with you. I helped you. I covered you. You ought to have repented. But you did not repent. And you ended up with Delilah. The enemy saw that you're already limping. You were fooling yourself, covering it, covering it, covering it, covering it, until you sustained a career-ending injury. And they put him in stocks. And they say, entertain us. Ah! Something entertain us! Entertain us! That's what sin does. Sin can humble anybody. It doesn't matter the level of the anointing. If you keep on being careless, and being careless, and being careless, and being careless, a day will come, God will depart, and he will not announce what can you do if you are that injured player first thing go and do the right thing wear the full kit Ephesians chapter 6 start from verse 10 and run from verse 11 be fully kitted that your helmet of salvation wear it the breastplate wear it the shield of it carry it the sword of the spirit carry it the belt of truth carry it wear the sander you want to teshumole, you are not wearing sandal. Nail will enter your body. Nail will enter. First thing, go and get the full kit. Don't be forming James Bond. There's no James Bond here. Many of us underrest the enemy. We'll be toying with sin. Toying with sin. Ah, you don't know what sin is. Sin can reduce a man to a loaf of bread. Says the, the wise one in Proverbs. He says a harlot can reduce a man to a loaf of bread. All the value, you will turn it to, to change. Injured player, go and wear your shin guard. Wear the full kit. Number two, deal with the small issues now before they deal with you later. Deal with it before he started sleeping on Delilah's lap. He had been sleeping off gradually. Gradually. Stubbornness. Indiscipline. I don't have time to read this, but please just write it. John chapter 12, verse 4 to 6 speaks about Judas. Judas was given the privilege of holding the treasury. The Bible says he was a thief. He was doing petty stealing until he sold his master. If you don't stop stealing that small thing, you will go and steal a big one that will kill you. That's what happened to Judas. He eventually killed him. He didn't just sell his master. He died because of 
that behavior did not cure. The first day he stole money from the treasury. Maybe if he had repented, Satan will not say, this is my candidate. And he entered him. Because by the way, it was not only him he wanted to entrant. He wanted to entrant Peter. Yes! But he saw, this one is a soft target. This one has affinity. The jersey is wearing it. We're not sure whether it is light blue or deep blue. It's somewhere in between. We can poach them and buy them over. We're in the same city. Judges chapter 16 verse 22. Third point if you're an injured player. Third point. Wait until your hair grows. Don't jump into the field. You have been injured. Wait. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. If Samson had made the mistake of trying to push the pillar when his hair had not grown or when the anointing had not come back by mercy, I don't know if the outcome would have been the same. Many times we get injured, we have been caught in sin or we have been attacked. We are seriously under attack. You want to form strong man and say, I will still continue to fight. You will die. Wait. Wait until you heal. There is a time for recuperation. Wait. Wait that time out. Wait it out. I know the jealousy of the Lord is upon you. You see how they are messing up the name of the Lord and you used to be a strong man until you fell. So stay. Stay there until you heal. If you go in, it will be fatal. Ask Samson. It was fatal. It was still fatal. Either as an ear. Let him hear what the spirit is into the church. The third category of people that are on the bench who need summoning. They are the people I call out of form. Out of form. These are the people who started well, but now they are backsliding. They are not just tired. They are backsliding. They have gone back to the world. There was a time they were fervent for the Lord. They did great things for the Lord. They were amazing singers. They were amazing preachers. They were amazing businessmen and kingdom financiers. They were amazing teachers and bringing up godly children in our schools. Doing fellowship in schools. You remember those teachers that we gather us back in primary. God bless them. They will gather us and teach us the word of God. In fact, there was one teacher. She used to carry us to our church. We'll go and watch rapture film as children in primary school. I know you will say, oh, it's unethical, but that unethical thing is working. They put the fear of God in us from childhood. To say that there is a day that the king of the earth is coming to judge the righteous from the unrighteous. But now, you have left the camp. You have chained him. Backslidden. Out of form. There is another category of people who are out of form. Not because they are not physically healthy or they are technically poor. It's because they are falling out of favor with the coach. So the coach will bench them. Oh, the last time he, the coach asked you to go in and gave you specific instructions. You see those coaches, when they bring somebody from the bench, they will say, you go tell that one to switch this role. Tell that one to switch this role. And you see some movement. True or false? But when you got in, you did your own thing. And because I gave you the chance to enter the field. I will not remove you now, but next match you will sit down. 
You are fit, but you will sit down. Does, does it not happen in our clubs? You, everybody knows the, the, the fans are shouting, put this player, put this player. But because he's not in good terms with the coach, he says, sit down there. I'm the boss here, yes, sit down here. They are out of form. Example, and I know you may not like or agree with this example. My example of out of form is Abraham. Give me Genesis chapter 16. Read for me verse 15. That's Genesis chapter 16. Read from verse 15. Read to the end of chapter 16. And read for me uh, chapter 17, the first verse. Please, everybody look up. So, Agar bore Abraham a son. And Abraham named his son, whom Agar bore, Ishmael. You know the story very well. So, I'm not going to run into a lot of it. Abraham was how many years old when Agar bore Ishmael to Abraham? Please keep that number. 80 what? Now, thank you. Next chapter, verse 1. Everybody read together. With 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. How many years old here? How many years old? Last verse. How many years in between? 13 years, God had to come and introduce himself. I am the Lord God Almighty. Because we've not been in talking terms for a while. Say, walk before me and be perfect. Oh, when I called you in chapter 12, your faith was strong. You were just 75 years old. And you left everything familiar. You followed me. I've not even told you the place. You still went out. Strong faith. But 10 years of living in Canaan, no child. Something happened. And this category is because something always happens. Those who are out of form, they didn't choose it. Many times it's because something happened. So delay happened. Sometimes it's delay in finding that husband. Sometimes it's delay in finding that child. Sometimes it's delay in finding that job. Sometimes it's delay in finding that promotion. Sometimes it's delay in finding that visa. Something is... De- de- I don't know. It's a delay of some sort. Something always happens to explain it. After 10 years, the thing wasn't working. I said, Madam brought a beautiful idea. Since the Lord has decided not to give me a child, perhaps he will give me a child through my mate. So, Maoga, if you don't mind, let's do small nikah. Because the woman was an Egyptian. Let's do small nikah and um, arrange the thing. Read verse 3. Bible says, actually, she gave uh, Aga to Abraham to be his wife. It was not a uh, short term they were doing. No. I'm looking at time. I'm looking at many things. Lord, help me today. Not, not uh, three of this. The sixteen three. Sixteen three. Give me sixteen three. Since you brought it up. Then Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Aga Ahmed, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, so the delay was for ten years. Say. Just marry this Maria and let's start something new. And it didn't work. Or so it seemed. Because there was a child from it, Ishmael. If you know anything about the Middle East, 
you will know that that was an ongo. That goal that Abraham scored with Agar was ongo. He scored inside his own net. Because today, see today, that own goal is costing him something. Something happened. That was not how he started. Abraham was on the bench for 13 years. Our God is patient. He will start from where you stopped. He won't jump the curriculum. He said, Abraham, I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me and be perfect. Start again. I'm ready to renew my covenant with you. In fact, I'm ready to give you the covenant of circumcision. The covenant I gave you of the blessing in chapter 12. I am still maintaining it. But I want to give a token of that covenant. And what would Abraham have to say? Give me verse um, 17. Give me 17 to 19. Of the same chapter 17. Genesis 17, 17 to 19. Oh Lord God. And Abraham fell up on his face. After God had told him about, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to do this and that. And this will be the sign. There will be circumcision. All the males born in your house and the ones you bought with money. The Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> Say, God, did they play? And said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Abba God. And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, be a child? I beg. Next verse. So he begged God. Next verse. And Abraham said to God, Oh, I beg. Let Ishmael live before you. Leave me with this my mistake. Leave me. If you will come out of form, this is the first thing you need to do. Action one. That your mistake. Demolish the monument you have put around it. Demolish it. If you don't demolish, God cannot work with it too. He will not. God told him, he said, I have a different plan. This is not the son of promise. The son of promise will come through Sarah. Not this one. It's not this one. By the way, I think God even did something before this moment. God said, as a token of what I am about to do, it's not only circumcision, I will change your name. And change your wife's name. So at the back of your jersey, you will change the name you write at the back. He said, it will no longer be Abraham, but Abraham. And your wife's name will no longer be Sarai, it will be Sarah. Just to prove that I'm serious, but you must demolish this idol. Number one thing, you must leave those monuments that you have made out of your mistakes and demolish them. Number two, you must embrace what God is doing now. You must embrace it. You must embrace it. The way God moved before may not be how you move now. You've lost form. Some other methods have come. I didn't say change the message. We're saying the method. The method. And get the fresh oil. There's still fresh oil available. Let me rush. My time is actually up. Last category, please, ma. Last category. I call them the upcoming. And this is my constituency. All the youth in the house say, yeah. yeah. The last category of people on the bench are the upcoming players. Young players. They probably 
proven themselves at a lower level, maybe in under 16, under 18. But this is senior team. So you sit them on the bench first, two of us. Then you bring them in so that they test that big stage. You don't go to a World Cup and go with only young players who have never been tested. True or false? Huh. So you test them first. And this is, this is not something strange. This is the way God does his succession planning. Read your Bible. Check Moses. There was a Joshua looking in the background. When he's gone, this one will come in. Elijah, there was an Elisha. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, he groomed apostles so that when he is gone, there will be succession planning. This is part of the plan of God. And I'm not surprised that the devil is not targeting this group so that they will leave the team before it's their time to enter the field. He gives them all sorts of ideas. Go and join another club where they will value you. Da, 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 da. Why are they not using me? Calm down. God will use you, but it's not this version of you. You still need to grow up. You need to wait. I know you think you are wasting time, but that waiting time is like turning. He told the apostles, don't rush to enter the world. Stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. If you go without power, they will kill you like chickens. Oh. Acts chapter 5. Gamaliel. It was when, when, they, when they tortured the apostles and a time came, they wanted to take a decision on them. He said, excuse us. Let me talk to my fellow scientific member. He told them, he said, see, if you guys are not careful, if you are fighting these people, it will look as if you are fighting God. Because if what they are doing is of God, it will stand. Say, why do I know? He said there was a group that came before. About 400 men. They followed them. He said he amounted to nothing. He said, in fact, there was somebody else from the same Galilee where this Jesus came from. He said there was a Judas from Galilee. He said after everything, his disciples scattered. Nothing happened. But this one is different. He said, you will receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and it's only then that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the world. So wait. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Allah told me. You've been calling. Lord, use me. He's ready to use you. Action one. Be like David. He's our example. Be like David. What skill set do you have? Have you tested it? Before David went to face Goliath, he has tested it. Ministry or serving the Lord in the marketplace is not a place for the other. If you enter unprepared, you can become a casualty. So please gather your skills. Prove it. Prove it where? Prove it first. Prove your ministry before you enter. It's like when the bear came, I killed him. The lion came. I kid him. As far as I'm concerned, this Goliath is a beast. I will kill him. That was why he had confidence to fight him. He had done something. So, what are you doing now before you enter the field? Master it well. Number two, let God find you faithful as a servant. I think we should rise. My time is up. Rise. I'll finish this while we stand. Raise the volume, please. Young players that are waiting to go into the field. God wants to anoint you. He wants to send you inside the field. He wants to tell the lice man, change the number from this to that. 
but he will not do that until he's sure which jersey you are wearing. He won't. Even if you are wearing his own jersey, he will not send you until he knows that you will go there and serve his purpose. Psalm 89, verse 20. The Lord says, I have found my servant, David. With my holy oil have I anointed him. My servant before David. It doesn't matter what your name is. If you are not going to serve him, that oil will not come. If you like where, where Nigerian Jesse as are wearing, it doesn't mean that you are patriotic. There are many people who even hold offices in this nation and they don't have allegiance to this nation. They have allegiance to their pockets. So it's not a question of what you are wearing or what you are not wearing. I would have done two assignments, but I will prioritize one. Please, let's all close our eyes. As I've been talking, somebody is saying, I want to join this team. You've been talking about Team Jesus, Team Jesus. And that's who we are. I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to join Team Jesus. What we are saying might look like something you are familiar with in football, but it's deeper than that. Because on the last day, he will separate his team from the other teams. And his team are those whose names are written in the book of life. I want to give you an opportunity, and don't be shy. Nothing to be shy about. You are not born again. I don't want to put any story around it. You know it. God knows it. Can you do like Isaiah? Say, I'm here. I want to join your team. Send me. I know that the first qualification is that I must be pushed so that I can be used in your team. Don't be shy. Wave your hands anywhere you may be in the auditorium. Anywhere you may be in the auditorium, you would like to give your life to Jesus. Upstairs, downstairs, I want to give a chance. I want to make this call. Yes. There's one hand. Please step forward. Don't be afraid. Nothing wrong in being the first to step forward. There are others. Don't let shame hold you. Nothing to be ashamed about. If the angels are celebrating something, that thing is not a shameful thing. Bible says there is joy in heaven. Joy in heaven. Is there somebody else? Is there somebody else? Don't be shy. Today is the day of salvation. Don't harden your heart when you hear him. All right. I'm going to call Pastor, please. Pastor Bemi, please, Pastor. 